0: All right, everybody, welcome back to a very belated new episode of the Summoning Hour podcast, brought to you by the pandemic special that has thrown off everybody. But today I'm joined by a very, very special guest and a highly requested guest, actually, Garvey from Twitch, uh, Director of Student and Education Programs at Twitch and Twitch Student. Welcome, uh, you're, a, you're a huge guest uh, for me to have on here, so I'm very excited to have you.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And hello, everybody.
0: Now, I'm, I'm I'm going to ask for a little bit of your background because as much as you and I have been around Collegiate Esports a bit, not sure how many people really understand wh- what Twitch's role is with Scholastic Esports and particularly Collegiate. Uh, so mm-hmm. why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are, how you got there, and what you're doing at Twitch. That's a
1: tall order, but I got you. Um, So, um, everybody calls me Garvey. I've been involved in the gaming into eSports space for about 26 years now. I got my start in being a competitive Magic the Gathering player back in early 1994. Um, Prior to that, I was a avid role player with Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Which is actually where the name Garvey comes from and if I might take a slight detour um, I think it's important to know how Gaming is is something different for everybody. It means something different to everybody For me, I grew up in the 70s and 80s in (coughs) Brooklyn, New York Um, It was a very rough and tumble time life was extremely difficult Um, So I was an extremely difficult person myself, quite angry, but I had a friend from a good middle-class family that invited me to their apartment every other Sunday for family day. And they would play Dungeons and Dragons. They would have an uncle drive out every other week from Long Island um, to Brooklyn. They would spend the day. So my friend was like, why don't you come over, spend some time, grab some food, you know, take a hot shower, relax a bit and, and be safe for a bit. So I thought it was a bit nerdy, um, but I went because it was a great offer. So I wanted to troll them a bit and I wanted to role play the exact opposite of who I was in real life at that time, 16 years old, right? Super angry, um, super aggressive. So I role played the most goody goody character in Dungeons and Dragons and it was a paladin. Um, My nickname, I grew up in a Caribbean neighborhood. So my nickname growing up was Marcus Garvey. So, I took Garvey and I made Garvey the Paladin. But over the course of the Master was so good at these personal interactions between the players and the non player characters that it started feeling really good. And I remember the turning point in my life came when we quested in this village in game, like quite a while ago in the game time. And I walked into the tavern of this small village. And it was like walking into that old tv series cheers where everybody knows your name (laughs) and they all lift their pints up and say garvey and it made me feel really good so during the course of this campaign which lasted like three almost four years i started experimenting a bit i said you know i feel really good being garvey the paladin when i play the game what if instead of having a frown on my face and a push for people, what if I had a smile and a handshake? What if I opened, held the door open for people? What if I started thinking less about myself and more about other people? How can I be a better service to the people around me? Lo and behold, the more I did it in real life, the better my life got. The more I was smiling, the more I felt good... The less I thought about myself and the more I thought about being in the service of others, the better it made me feel. That's so an incredible never, amount of self-awareness
0: yes. and yeah, being able it, to take that, even even as a young kid and being able to take that cause and effect of just a subtle change of behavior. And even if you're approaching it sarcastically, you still were able to recognize that. And that's that's a huge lesson for any student out there listening right now.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't want to forget where I came from. So a lot of people recommended that I change my name to Garvey, right? But I, I didn't want to, right? Because I want Mark Kandaya to remind me of where I came from, right? And, and, and the hard life it was, and it was difficult. And, but I like being called Garvey because to me, it's not a name. It's a reminder of a vision that I have, right? Vision to be Garvey the paladin in real life, which is an unachievable goal, right? You could never be that person. But it's an aspiration for me. So each and every day, every time somebody calls me Garvey, it's a reminder that I could be a better person every day. I could be more in service of others and more and more people. Um, So this is why I like to be called Garvey all the time. I keep Mark on, of course, all the legal documents. It reminds me where I came from. Um, It's kind of like grounding to me. But Garvey reminds me of the aspiration I have.
0: Absolutely. So that's, that's a wonderful that's origin a little, story.
1: Yeah, so that's a little bit of my background. Then I got into Magic the Gathering in late 1993, early 1994. Um, I accredit Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and & Dragons, and video games thereafter um, with giving me a lot of my business acumen, right? A lot of people don't realize what you get out of gaming, but that's a lot of min-maxing, right? Min-maxing to me is the business business equivalent of making sure you take care of the 20% that gives you your 80% of returns. To know that, you have to understand the mechanics and the synergies that's inherent and being proactive and reactive at the same time as needed, right? Magic the Gathering started teaching me that, min-maxing in Ultima Online in 1996, then all the other video games thereafter started teaching me to dig into the mechanics of things, figure out how things work, then identify um synergies and then you could start applying min-max theories to make sure you're doing more with less for me it's bandwidth right how can i do more with my time um which is extremely obviously limited right there's only 24 hours to the day seven days a week right so how can i fit as much productivity into being the service of others in as small amount of time as possible so this translates to business as well, right? Again, that 2080 dichotomy that you want to think of when you're working, right? How can I do Absolutely. more with less?
0: Yeah, I mean, that, so, that's that's my everyday working with workflows and working with multidisciplines and making sure the designers and artists and engineers are all working together and that they're on the same page and working as efficiently as possible and i can attribute a lot of my organization skills and understanding of that process from exactly what you're talking about with min maxing and under from my history growing up watching my dad play questron and, on his commodore 64 and getting into final fantasy one as soon as it came out as soon as i got my uh, nes system And then just watching as games got more complicated and understanding more and more of how complex interactions work and that people are very much the same part of that same understanding. And so a lot of people will understand the hard skills of like min-maxing and I think a lot of gamers are very... Uh, Attuned to that, but then it comes into the soft skills, which I think your your story about where Garvey came from is exceptionally important understanding the individuals and the people behind that that's that's a Early and fast lesson that you got in terms of soft skills and hard skills and it all we talk about this a lot in the esports and gaming space especially in collegiate of how Practicing these esports skills or uh, related skills in your clubs and varsity programs are actually very much skills that straddle a whole bunch of different businesses. So I'm excited to hear you talking about the practical application that you have as a professional and being able to share my experience as well. But then also really showing those collegiate programs that there is a future with these skills. Absolutely. And you know, these kind of role-playing
1: games, World of Warcraft even, like um, these kind of role-playing games, it teaches you empathy. Why? Because it, it helps you walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, in somebody else's circumstances, right? Step outside yourself a bit and, and experiment with what actually resonates with you that you could put into practice for yourself. In business, they call it EQ. I'm not. I, yep. I don't like that word. Again, they're trying to corporatize like yeah. <laughs> something that's so beautiful, which is empathy, empathy. right? Yep. Thinking about other people.
0: Yeah, and I actually have a question from chat. I've heard the term min-maxing tossed around a lot recently. How would you uh, define that in your line of work?
1: um So again, I, I think I related that to the twenty percent that gives you your eighty percent of returns. Um, that's min maxing, right? Okay. So you yeah. have to identify order of uh, priority orders, right? Um, what's going to make the most impact with the time that you're allocating or the resources that you're allocating? Um, that's min maxing. So you have to understand what what the mechanics are. Then you have to, once you identify the mechanics, you can begin to understand which is going to be most productive. And then you take care of that 20% and then thereafter, all the time that you have left, you can start tipping in because the 80% is absolutely important, right? But again, resources are limited. So you want to make the most impact that you can. With gaming, it's making sure that, um, you know, if you're playing League of Legends, that you're itemizing correctly. So for that, you have to understand the mechanics of an ADC. And some ADCs are better with attack speed. Some ADCs are better with infinity edge, right? So this is the way that you start understanding. You don't even realize you're you're doing it, but when you itemize correctly, you are min-maxing based on the character stats, the um, item stats, and your role on your team. That is, in essence, min-maxing, right? Yes, you can buy a Phantom Dancer, but is an infinity edge more valuable for you at this stage of the game? Yes. What's coming first is PD coming first or is infinity edge coming first, right? This is min maxing according to circumstance.
0: Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. So now that's, that's Garvey in a nutshell. How about Garvey at work? What is, what's your role at Twitch and how, how do you coordinate between the educational programs that want to interact with Twitch as content creators or as a way of networking uh, streamers?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So um, I moved around a little bit. So I didn't get to go to college until a little bit later in life. I didn't get to go to college until I was 31 years old. Um, once I graduated college, I moved to China um, for five years um, and I did gaming and esports out in China. So um, Tencent actually recognizes me as the first person to ever bring League of Legends, competitive League of Legends, into mainland China back in 2009. Um, That's crazy. So from there, I moved That's back crazy. to the States after, yeah, after I got this great education, um, after I really thought about the industry and my inputs and outputs that I myself was doing. Um, I came back to the States and I started… Um, hanging out and working with a lot of the professional LCS teams. Um, From there, I moved to Korea for a year. I was there for the very first season of OGN Champions. Um, Learned a bit about what was being done in China, what was being done in Korea, what was being done in Europe, what was being done in America. This way I could start identifying those value-add propositions of what was not being done, right? So doing really good business isn't only doing what everybody else is doing a little bit better, that value add proposition is doing what nobody else is doing, right? To me, that's the, a sign of a successful way to think. How can I add value? How can I broaden horizons? How can I expand comfort zones, right? Whether it's in business, whether it's in my personal life. Um, once I came back from Korea, I actually helped start a, a competitor platform to Twitch. Um, I did that for two years. It was very, very successful. Um, But I was at odds with the business methodology with the company. Um, I didn't think that they were forward thinking. Um, So I stepped away from that. And in very early, I think it was February of 2014, um, I joined Twitch. Um, They hired me on as a director of strategic partnerships. So again, I continued my role of working with teams and, and, helping them understand business, helping the industry understand how we can grow together. Um, in 2015, um, I, 2014, I don't know if everybody remembers, but I think it was a catalyst year for esports. And I believe the event that was the catalyst for esports to start gaining mainstream attention and get more people involved, more professionals involved, was season two of League of Legends that was held at the Staples Center. Right. To me, that was the catalyst.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. Um,
1: so in 2015, I took a step back for a second and I said, you know, am I really adding value to the industry? Am I really adding value to Twitch? Everybody's doing business now, everybody's earning a good income, everybody's doing pretty good business. How can I add value to the industry? So I took a step back. I've always supported um, collegiate esports and high school esports. Um, In America, back in 2011, I started working with um, the Collegiate Star League, CSL. Um, 2013, we held the finals for CSL, um, as I was part of this other platform. Um, On the rooftop of Peterson Auto Museum in Los Angeles, it was the first real collegiate event. Um, There was the Texas Lone Star Clashes, too, but that was a little bit later. I started working with TESPA. So I said, all right, I think I could add value by um, making sure that the sustainability to the industry and that every year we will increase our professionalism. The best way that I I thought of was to continue to support students, but to also be of service to the educational institutions that they're a part of, right? Gaming clubs are great, right? But there was no official recognition for the students efforts to create a beautiful community and accelerate their learning through that community.
0: Absolutely. Um, they didn't have any ownership and like if we really want them to feel like that they have the most value with their education and their time, they have to be given ownership of something. Absolutely. And 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 receive official
1: recognition and support. Yep. Students
0: absolutely. students
1: don't have money to go out and buy jerseys for themselves. They don't have money to fund prize pools, right? They don't have money to have live events on campus, but these are all extremely valuable learning curves, right? To run an event, an event takes many people, logistics, um, uh, so many components that's added to great experience that you could put in a cover letter and on your portfolio when you graduate. Um, so I took, I took a whole year in 2015. I traveled around the world. I spoke to educators administrators and students around the world. And I just listened, right. I'm not in the business again, being from Brooklyn, New York, I like to be efficient with my time. Guessing is not efficient. I want to know the only way to know is to ask, um, you know, shut your face and listen and take notes. And then put, after I took all my notes, I listened to everybody. I put the business plan together, twitches forward enough thinking to say, this is a great idea, support the future of the industry, create these young professionals that are empowered, confident, educated in the space to start solving for some of the known unknowns and identifying the unknown unknowns. I can't picture 50-year-old people understanding how to be of best service to our average age on Twitch is 25 years old. Who am I? to say that I really get how I could be of most service if I don't listen and then execute on what I'm being told to do. Um, So that was the whole mindset to creating the Twitch student program is to listen to students, understand where they're coming from, understand the pain points of educational institutions. How can we make them relevant for the 21st century moving forward, not the 20th century moving backwards, right? What all this talk of, moving absolutely. into t- traditional sport mindsets. No, we have a chance to create something new and beautiful, inclusive, diverse, with equity for everybody. I right? love that resentment. Would... No. But well, we
0: founded the absolutely I right. I founded
1: the I founded the program in two, two, 2015 with three pillars. Right? And it was diversity, inclusion, and collaboration. Right, those were the three pillars in 2015 to start the program. Um, so that was really the whole impetus, um, and we worked. There was only one university in the world that that stretched their wings a bit and created an official esports program, and that was Kurt over at Robert Morris University. Right, so I worked with him, and we started growing, and we started working with other universities. 2016 uci came on a little bit later um, university of utah boise state and it started moving so we wanted to make sure that we were cognizant that every educational institution every state every country has unique circumstances so we wanted to create a consistent global program Um, we started in north america we're in 26 countries with the program right now we'll be at 50 next year at least, right?
0: That's some incredible
1: growth. Yeah, we wanted to make sure there was consistency. The Twitch student program is extremely nuanced. We broke it down into three buckets. We call it the three Cs, and that's community, competition, and careers, right? Community is important because students graduate, right? They come and go, but a well-supported, well-loved community lives and grows forever Supporting not only themselves, but the, the university itself, right? So we look at community by supporting individual students, right? Um, supporting their live events, um, little things like this. The competition side is varsity scholarship esports programs, um, gaming arenas on campus, and the national level tournament organizers that now feed into international circuits. So um, that was super important too because that gives the university and the students a means to branch out outside of their comfort zone. Again, their their own little geographic location and compete against other schools, other countries, and and have these great experiences. Um, Career is the one that I'm most focused on myself. Um, We look at careers by helping high schools and universities around the world create curriculum. And it's curriculum on esports, but really at the end of the day, what you're learning is valuable and transferable emerging new and digital media skills. So we'll come in and we'll help create marketing classes in emerging new and digital media through gaming and esports, right? And it's this idea that, yes, there's great opportunity in this space for everybody, right? The passion economy is emerging. Um, this idea of small little three and four person media companies going out and competing against the Disneys of the world in content creation. Right? So yeah. how how can we take those three C's, bring it to a school, and create a roadmap for students and the educational institutions? So it's consistent because schools can start and finish. Anywhere they want, if they want to start at the competitive side, which most schools do, at least they have a roadmap as the program grows, they could say, oh, you know what, we can, we can focus on our gaming clubs, not just our varsity school, right? UCI is a, a, extremely good at that when they do Zotcade, right? Um, yeah, and, yep. you know, the esports program works hand in hand with them, right? You look at University of San Diego, um, you have Titan Gamings, uh, Titan Gaming. Now they're helping create a varsity program at uh, at that university as well.
0: And so great, again, yeah. they have this
1: little roadmap. They can start where they want. They can finish where they want. But there's a roadmap into how to create a nuanced program, because an esports program. I joke around a lot, and I go to esports. I used to go to esports programs and say they would be proud of their inclusive community. I would say, hey, you know what? I got to hand it to you. You have the most exclusive inclusive and diverse community (laughs) I've ever seen. And they're like, what do you mean, Garvey? We've got young men, we've got people of color, we've got this, we've got that. I said, yes, but it's only for esports enthusiasts, right? Which make up maybe 8% of your student body. How about the 70% that identify as gamers? To me, that's not even enough. They're sitting in their
0: rooms playing by themselves, not knowing that people two doors down the hall are playing the same game and aren't establishing those stronger roots and foundations with their own university and the community that's right there that's going to serve them so much more in the years after graduation. Exactly. But, you know, even
1: even working with 70% of a student body, is that right? Why, why shouldn't there be opportunity for 100% of the students? So by supporting the community, by supporting community, uh, the competitive side, you're getting 70% of the students that you could create opportunity and emerging in emerging new digital media. But how about the 30% that don't even identify as gamers? What we're trying to do is say, look, you have this great community that's supportive, but most importantly, there's an avenue for you to apply what you're learning in school to the program, whether you're a gamer or not. So you have qualitative and quantitative data on your portfolio when you graduate that shows that you're not a recent graduate, you're a young professional in the business of digital media, and here's four years of experience with qualitative and quantitative data that shows my inputs, outputs, my contributions, and my results. So this is why it's very important that we focused on these three Cs to create opportunity in digital media for the 21st century for the entirety of the student body if they so chose. Give that choice back to the students, right? Let them find themselves. Let them find how to apply themselves in a way that's engaging, resonates, and and creates this feeling that education is a hobby, not a
0: chore. Right. I mean, I I wish I could have had something more tailored like this when I was in school. That would have been a lot more encouraging to pay more attention in my art classes or my business classes that I didn't see a real use for. And knowing that, Most people don't go into the the route that they're graduating with or that people usually just have to Accept their role that they get into and do something that they're not happy with the whole gig economy perspective on things the turmoil that's been caused over economic troubles the last decade and a half and now the pandemic it's opened up so many opportunities to do things in a way that's valuable to you and if colleges were structuring that way and paying attention to their community, they would be seeing a lot more uh, folks being excited about going to their classes or having their online classes right now, knowing that they would be getting something of value out of it as opposed to what they think the school thinks they should be getting out of it. Exactly. And gig economy is 20th century moving backwards. Gig
1: economy to me is quite exploitative by nature. To me, it's a dollar on a string. So 21st century moving forward, we're looking and please, um, if you could encourage your community to do a little, just Google passion economy, it's a thing. It's built on two premises, two philosophies, and it's built on compassionate capitalism and social entrepreneurship, which basically means the passion economy is, instead of one big company, it's many small companies, these three, four people, media companies that are creating content, One person's doing the digital media strategy. One person's doing all the artwork to make everything pop. One might be a business developer. Four students working together, graduating, creating their own business. Um, I I really like it. To me, it's the absence of zero-sum 20th century capitalism. And if you don't know, um, if if anybody doesn't know what zero-sum capitalism is, that basically means for me to make a dollar, you have to lose a dollar. I dislike this very much and I, I like the sound of too. Ex- <laughs> I haven't heard yeah. it broken down but, like that right so in my experience students and young people want to work together they want to feed each other they want to create opportunity for each other in creating opportunity for others you're creating opportunity for yourself this is the passion economy moving forward having a little bit of empathy thinking about others sharing right identifying you have a cup filling it and being happy not collecting 37 cups that you 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 will never use right zeros in the bank account
0: to me this Um, sounds a lot like the this sounds a lot like the collegiate call of duty staff they're in there with the players they're in there with people who are passionate i mean passion dictates most of their mantras when they're out on twitter but then you have leagues like uh collegiate rainbow six and the cea siege and now valorant scenes like their their players that are in the leagues, almost like a player association also running these leagues at the same time, or at least providing valuable, direct, and candid, feed, candid feedback for these staffs who are running these things just because they want to, because they want to see these communities grow in these collegiate leagues they're not there for the money they're not there for much else other than notoriety and experience to maybe professionally go into esports at some point whether it's as a player or as a content creator or one of the other many routes someone could go in these collegiate leagues that are spun up by students seem like the best application of what you're talking about of, of a passion economy
1: Right, and, and think about it a little further down the line, right? These call of duty staff members that are supporting these communities, this is the essence of the passion economy, right? Because that company is helping a community help them, right? So the more the community grows, obviously the better business is. So them supporting the community, the community supports the, the, the publisher. So right. that's the essence of, of um, the passion economy working together towards a greater goal where everybody sits at the table and has something to eat. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but it evens out at the end. Sometimes it's 70-30 on your end. Sometimes it's 30-70 on your end. But the point is people are thinking about it. When a business opportunity comes up to one person, they might say, this is inappropriate for me, but I know these three people. I'm going to bring them in.
0: That sounds very much like collegiate organizing themselves is coming down that way and much like you i I don't like it when i hear a lot of places talking about going down that traditional route or embedding people who have been involved with traditional sports for like the last 20 30 years and really trying to put that mold around this space that doesn't have to be dictated like that that doesn't have to be prescriptive like that and allow not just esports and the students to have control but to create something in their own interests and image and what they want this to be as opposed to what their parents have grown accustomed to or what even game developers have gotten accustomed to anyone who's pursuing a ranked uh, ladder or a esport league themselves we don't necessarily know the right image of esports that could be stamped around everyone and we don't want that I don't think anybody wants a singular uh, image of esports for every single game because that's just not how games are played. That's not how games are consumed or enjoyed. So, I wonder how far does your role also extend into the game development clubs or the game development events that happen at universities?
1: That's a great question. So, USE just did their big yearly um, uh, game design program um, showcase. On Twitch, and it did very, very well. University of Utah did a Minecraft commencement um, ceremony on Twitch. Um, so there's a lot of different ways, and you know, University of Utah also has an extremely good game design program. Miami University at Ohio, um, you know, there's there's some really good, full, even Full Sail University in Florida, right? There's some schools that have really, really good game design programs. So what I want to do is. I see Twitch Student as a bridge between the industry and educational institutions where I'm identifying problems in the industry. I work with the administrators. They create classes for students to solve for the equation and add value not only to the students, but the companies that they will work for.
0: Absolutely. And that that sounds absolutely wonderful. And with your reach into other countries, I can only imagine that as soon as if you're not already there. I imagine you're already in Brazil and being able to in, interact with the group that's most interested am... in uh, Free Fire, Corona Free Fire. Like I imagine that you're going to get some very different problems and solutions coming from th- that demographic of players and students than you're going to get when you go to India and mobile gamers there. Uh, so I, I'm really appreciative of that approach of being able to Tailor things to the individual students and create those unique programs and going to so many different universities and countries around the world next year, that's going to be a huge boon for the industry. And I mean, even as soon as the first large graduating class comes through after being interactive with Twitch for their full college career.
1: So international is super, super. It's job one to me, right? Because what i'd really like to do is create these experiences these life experiences with these international tournaments where students are outside of their comfort zone outside of their country and they they grow empathy for others by experiencing different cultures hearing different languages eating different foods making friends all over the world again we're in a digital age right there's no reason why a student from usc can't meet and collaborate with a student from Brazil or, or Philippines or Nigeria or France and, or the UK even,
0: right you know, even and the technology these, that helps with the language barriers is uh, progressing at an astounding level and an astounding rate so even those language barriers are not going to be something in the next what five to ten years or they'll at least be operatable where you don't have to worry about that
1: well for good or for bad um, English seems to be the standard in esports. So again, I I travel to and work with in 26 different countries from Turkey to the Philippines to, you know, you, you name it. And I've never ever had difficulty communicating with students and educators because they all spoke English. And I, I questioned why at the very beginning. And they said, Well, we, we're avid users of Twitch and we play video games. For for us to be a part of the scene, we need to be able to speak English. Um, so You know, for for good or for bad, I love learning different languages. I love hearing different languages. But at least for now, there's this opportunity. If you don't be shallow and listen to accents, or if the grammar is not correct, or words, like language is a tool, right? It's meant to communicate. If you get the vibe and you you understand each other, grammar and accents and, and limited vocabularies should never be a barrier to creating opportunity for yourself and friendships uh, for yourself and and things like of this nature. Absolutely. And I think these kind of programs are a great way to do just that, right? Again, walking a mile in somebody's shoes, growing empathy, respecting and loving other cultures, right? Stepping outside of societal, artificial societal constructs, right? Gender, age, religion, nationality, color of your skin, right? This is digital, right? The business is numbers, right? Does numbers recognize any kind of artificial societal construct at the end of the day and the bottom line? Nope, not at all. It has has absolutely zero. So if you could work with a contributor, somebody that has inputs and outputs that match your, your direction, why would an artificial societal construct come into that equation? So in Collegiate, it's really amazing. We have approximately a 47, 53% split between young women and young men, right? Because they're all looking at this as digital media, right? Yep, Who are incredible. contributors, right? Unfortunately, at this time, it looks like it's predominantly male because those are the, the esports players that are actually competing. But if you look at the entirety of the program, the managers, the the, the people that's doing all the 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 business strategies, the management of the program, by and large, it's young ladies and young women. And um, the, the young men aren't seeing any difference. They do what they're told. Same thing with the young women. They're not putting a gender on this. This is a business. This is something we're passionate about. Like, let's work together and let's get some stuff done.
0: Absolutely. And that level of inclusion starting in college is already catching up to the wave that's happening a lot in game development of talking about where your story is coming from who is telling those stories me as a as a white male is going to tell a lot of the same stories that we've probably heard from gaming over the last 30 years but as soon as we start allowing other people with other heritages and other backgrounds and other identities to write those stories for people to come in you're going to start addressing communities who have not felt the spotlight like even with the mike morales release of spider-man being able to being able to see his national flag in just one of the cutscenes that was a big deal for a lot of people who identify with him and being, Amazing. Able, to have, being able to have that connection with a character is only going to increase who wants to play that game? Who wants to make that game? Who wants to coordinate that esport version of the same thing and how we can make sure that we're bridging the gap in diversity. And you know, that story
1: particularly resonates with me because I'm a Puerto Rican that grew up in the ghetto in New York, in Brooklyn, New York. Right? So that actually really resonates with me, but you know, this industry, they've never ever put me in a box. Okay. He grew up rough. He grew up in a ghetto and he's Puerto Rican and Sicilian. Like I've never experienced any kind of barriers, right? Again, because my inputs and outputs matched where we needed to be. And they didn't put a label on me from day one. Even when I lived in China, I was never, never, ever labeled as such.
0: Yeah. And when you got down to work and they saw the value, And you saw, they saw the empathy and the inclusivity and the mindset that you had, there was never, ever going to be a problem.
1: It's the business acumen as well, right? From playing
0: video games, right? That's at
1: the end of the day for business should be the only thing that matters. And business acumen includes EQ, which we have been talking about empathy. So it it all works together. It's just, nobody's taking the time to break it down for people. And that's what we're doing with the Twitch student program. That's how we work with educators. We're trying to include this, this mindset that it's a new day. It's a new dawn. We could make this industry anything we wanted. Yes, there are some things from tradition, traditional business models, traditional sports that we can learn from, but we need to make it appropriate for what we're doing.
0: That sounds like... A lot of the right work and a lot of really good ways to be benefiting that next wave of people who are going to own these same businesses who are going to succeed succeed you and I uh, in our respective roles and that we need to be training and preparing for and I'm glad we're approaching so many students at the educational level, allowing them to have that ownership and that backdrop of support so that they can make the mistakes and learn from them and contribute even more value as soon as they're in the industry of their choosing whether they continue into games industry software development in general or whatever other industry they go into we're still spreading that message of inclusivity diversity and empathy and making sure people understand the end of the day the value is the people that you keep around you and how you are interacting with them so i'm excited about that as a storyteller and as a game developer and hoping that these messages reach these students and that they have a little bit of that self awareness that you demonstrated, uh, acquiring your name Garvey, uh, and so that they can also make those switches while they're learning and while they have that opportunity to be supported outside of, so, Oh, go ahead. But the students are teaching me ah, as that's well, fair too.
1: starting back in. Starting back in 2015, right? This idea of the passion economy, compassionate capitalism, social entrepreneurship, being a good person, thinking of others. I'm taking this all from students. This is what they're telling me, right? The idea, the philosophy is to plant trees that you'll never feel the shade of. And that's what students are teaching me. They're so involved with these esports programs at universities and I sat and I I asked them about two years ago I I did a small sample study I gathered about 200 students and I said I just want to know what's your motivation um, behind working so hard and being so diligent and applying yourself so well and nine out of ten times I got the response that they wanted to build a better program for the high school students that are graduating from the high school esports programs to attend, participate, grow the program, make it more relevant for them. That's a beautiful thought to plant a tree that you'll never feel the shade of. This is that pay it forward mentality that, that really has a good handshake with the passion economy, compassionate capitalism, social entrepreneurship, all of these things work hand in hand and young people and students are leading the charge to a better future every day instead of a slightly worse future every day
0: you know i've talked to a lot of clubs and they they are starting to interact with the high schools and even the junior highs middle schools near them and to hear them wanting to put it that way that's like you said it's a it's a beautiful sentiment that they are actually acting on and it's a future that you could see in a near amount of time So you're absolutely right. The students are setting the pace, setting the vision, and anyone who's willing to listen to them right now is able to set things up in a way that's accepting of that future. And I I have no doubt that the the people who are in the way of that are going to be skipped over because they're going to be by and far the few, and they're not going to be concerned. They're not going to be... A, a part of anyone's attention and they'll just fall by the wayside
1: so you're a hundred percent right but let's talk a little bit about what the roi might be for twitch in the industry because that's very important right i wouldn't be able to create a program like this unless there was roi for the company right so what is that roi yep. is a sustainable future with the community not for twitch but for the industry it's kind of like a rising tide raises all ships mentality right we're gonna have a Absolutely. bigger better, more inclusive community to serve, right? Also, we're gonna have access to this brand new generation of young professionals that are not only educated, but empowered and confident in the contributions they can make to grow and iterate on this industry, right? You can't think of anything better when you're trying to do something like this than saying, okay, the community's growing and not only growing in size, but growing in maturity and, and in thinking of others and being inclusive and diverse and creating equity for everybody. For employees, we're getting that same thing. We're getting um, students that are applying and getting accepted to great jobs and they're leading. They're leading by example, right? There's no, none of this do as I say, not as I do kind of mentality. It's leading by example, right? So I can't think of any company that wouldn't be proud to hire students that come through these programs. And that's the ROI to the industry. And of course, um, the bigger the industry gets, Twitch has a a very large market share of that industry. So that's where the business, the the industry grows, Twitch grows, Twitch grows, um, companies grow. There's more opportunities to hire more students, which again, creates that positive circle, positive reinforcement where we're only growing and getting better and doing better and better cooler and cooler things each and every year as students graduate through these programs that grow um in many ways every single year
0: yeah and this is outside of the, the the passion economy example that you gave where four students get together and they start their own business Grow, growing these students and having them indoctrinated into twitch or into any other game developer and bringing their expertise from their perspective and the values that they have and allowing them to lead by example as opposed to just being a junior or just being like the bottom rung until they can learn what everyone else learned through hard work and spending time at the company That In all honesty doesn't always owe them anything doesn't really treat everyone fairly depending on what business you go into or a company you go into there's not always a great learning environment to grow, but we can start challenging convention of how companies are organized how teams are organized and start looking at people who are young and new to the industry as as resources as providing that valuable perspective of. How to help guide a business into that future because they're going to know what's coming next they're going to be intuitively kind of tuned towards that different opinion and so we can start looking at no longer having a young person be your lead as a as a failure on your part because you didn't get to a title before you reached a certain age we can start sharing that balance and you mentioned ageism earlier today and so I think that this gives us an opportunity to really start making sure that everyone starts building that self-awareness about where they're at with their skills and where their their value is. And that way they can start focusing on what they're best at as opposed to trying to get what they're never going to have because it's just not authentically them while listening to a peer who may not be the same age but who has a developed mindset about the same topic. Right, so it's, it's about complementing each
1: other, not supplementing each other. And um, complementing to me is okay, I might have um, a certain size network in this industry, um, I might have a certain business acumen, but my team um, who I've hired through the Twitch student program, Twitch has actually hired a lot of people um, directly out of college because they know the contributions they can make. But I'm learning every single day. How can I be more appropriate? What's cool, what's not cool? How can we create that, that relevant engagement factor? Right. That's something that, again, me as a 50-year-old, I need to lean exclusively on my 25, 26, 27-year-old team members, because they get it more than I do in different ways. So. I'm not a a manager. I'm not a director in my team. We're all peers. We're all contributing equal amounts, if in different ways. And that's the attitude that I have with my team is that they are absolutely as important and is contributing as much as I am and me for them as well. And it's that handshake saying, you are valuable. I respect your opinion and your knowledge base. Please help
0: me. Man, I, I wish we could chat more. I mean, you've been dropping so many valuable nuggets of information this entire time, and we've almost gone the full hour. I'm surprised at how quickly it's gone by already. Dude, but I, I want to give you should a ch- we take some questions from your community? I you know what? Because I could we answered I could go the questions on that were on this. Oh man, you I I wish I I could spare more time today. We've we've been through the questions in chat. Uh, just in our in our conversation, so that's been absolutely wonderful to hear and to be able to get through. I, I wish I could ask you more or let you go off on whatever tangent is going on. I mean, we've had a lot of movement, like Tesla closing down as a brand. We've got uh, right? And then Shinindola, my heart, right? I mean, they've been around like their first heroes of the dorm. Experience is actually what inspired me to start this podcast and to start talking collegiate esports. So it, it's a memory and it's an inspiration to was me. That the, where they've gone? Was that from. the
1: Heroes of the Was that the Heroes of the Dorm that was held in Seattle? I was there for that.
0: I was there for that one too, but it was actually the I, one the year prior.
1: Oh, okay. I was there for the ASU winning Michael Udal, yep. yep. um, and I, I took them all out to dinner afterwards. Oh, that's and awesome! They, and then I flew out to ASU with them. And the, and the university hosted me gave me a tour um they had the heroes of the dorm trophy front and center in their um uh, in their uh sports um area yeah. among all their other sports trophies that's and fantastic. this was front and center
0: that's great i mean that's a huge that's a huge moment really for like any college who gets to bring home something nationally recognized like that 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 gives them a lot more in introspective value of like how are we going to invest in this in the future and i'm excited to hear like danny george former vp of asu esports was able to get a gaming lounge set up and start moving forward and in indoctrinating esports into asu culture that was really exciting to hear after hearing about some of the bumps in the road that the f- previous president had had but i mean we, we've got other news like shenandoah college making that deal with the washington justice over the overwatch one game. of
1: One of my favorite universities in the world. Um, They are very forward-thinking, and and they work really, really hard. And the leadership team there, the
0: administrators, are super on point. And we've seen other news like Evil Geniuses and Cloud9 really getting involved with Collegia. Evil Geniuses have been hosting so many panels with so many industry vets and people with great right. experience. And it's just, it's phenomenal to see this level being broadcast regularly. And we're gonna see a drastic change in the next year or two when things maybe go back a little bit to normal, but then also have this so we, history we, behind it. We have it. to think about
1: who was the um, first team that actually came on board with the Twitch student program working with universities. It's, it's a lot of people don't talk about it, but originally it was FlyQuest fly um, wow yeah Mag- Magumi um and and her team loved the program and they just came all in and they do workshops they do career fairs they've been working with students for probably two and a half three years now um but it just flew under the radar because they didn't make announcements because they were doing it out of the goodness of their heart and the belief yeah. of a better future So I have to give a lot of props, a lot of props to FlyQuest. Um, Absolutely, that was, you know, um, it's about this expanding of comfort zones, and the best way to do that is to already have a working proof of concept. So FlyQuest taking that chance, opened the doors for all professional teams to be involved
0: in collegiate esports. That's incredible, and like I said, we could we could go on, and it's, I mean, you've been involved with anyone and everyone at this point, so I'm sure you've got stories for days. Uh, we'll have to have you back to hear more of those stories. I'm excited to have this episode wrapped up. Is there anything, any messages that you would like to get out so that people can know where else to reach you, where else to reach out to your program? Uh, Is there any other messages that you would like to get out before we wrap up for the day? Yeah,
1: the only message I would have is believe in yourself. Believe in others around you. Um, I always say I have a very famous saying in this industry, your network." is your net worth, but your reputation is the grease that allows people to work with you and for you. So um, mean what you say, say what you mean, Um, educate yourself, apply yourself, um, be a good person, and the world is your oyster.
0: There's a message for us to end on. I love it. Absolutely appreciate you coming on Garvey. It was fantastic to finally get a chance to talk to you. I've heard you at a couple of other panels before, but this this is the one that takes the cake. I feel like feel like we were on an, another level getting someone of your expertise and experience on here. So, I very much appreciate you making the time to work it out with me and to get this podcast recorded even on your vacation. Uh, so, I, again, I just want to be very appreciative of your time and make sure that you know you are welcome anytime in the future, anytime you have a message, anything I can do to help boost the signal with what you've got going on, please feel free to reach out. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you and your community. Thank you, everybody. All right. Thanks, Garvey. We will talk to you soon.
1: Great. Okay. Bye-bye. Everybody, please make sure you drink a lot of water. <laughs> um, eat three squares a day, wear a mask, wash your hands. Please stay healthy. Please stay safe.
0: All right, everybody, thank you for coming out, asking your questions. We will talk soon, and let's make sure that this is a triumphant return of the Seminary Hour podcast. Let's make sure if you have anybody else out there who wants to be on here, something to share, something to be in this space of collegiate esports something that we can all benefit from share their name drop them in my dm feel free to reach out to me at any point in time at warlocker call on twitter pretty much any social media out there check out both the summoning hour podcast at anchor.fm slash the summoning hour and my collegiate rainbow six podcast that i host with syntax at syntax on twitter We've got anchor.fm slash check your six with the numeral six at the end. There we go. Thank you, everybody, for coming out, and I will talk to you all soon on the next Summoning Hour podcast. Summoning. Bye. Part two. Summoning Hour podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, is the podcast...